Happy Thanksgiving to all of our friends and listeners on Pittsburgh Sports Now. And after the turkey and the stuffing have been eaten, it's time to get to the WPIAL Championship game. Hi everybody, this is Brandon Rossi joining you on the Whippy Whip Around on Pittsburgh Sports Now. And before we get into our Acrisure Stadium previews, firstly let's recap everything that happened last week in the WPIL semifinals from Class 1A to 4A, and then take a look at the 5A and 6A championships that took place last week. Now, a little bit of a pat on the back for myself. I believe this is the first time this season that all of my picks on the Whippy Whip Around came out to be correct, um, at least the outcome. Not so much the scores, but rather who came out on top. With that said, we go to Class 1A to kick things off, and Bishop Canavan with a surprisingly easy win over Southside, 49-21, a game in which Bishop Canavan kind of blitzed Southside right out of the gate and had a mercy rule advantage right at the half, and uh, Bishop Canavan right back in the WPIL championship game. Leading the way offensively for Bishop Canavan was a potent passing attack from Jason Cross. He threw a perfect 9-for-9 and 258 yards passing and connected with Xavier Nelson three times for 144 yards. Almost a Randy Moss-like stat line for Xavier Nelson. And a Southside team that defensively has been very strong. Uh, The defense not to be in that game against Bishop Canavan. The Crusaders will take on Union, who got by Rochester in a rematch 18-16. to um, A Union team that's been kind of a surprise in the WPIAL. They are the number 10 team in the 1A playoffs and hadn't been to the championship game in almost 50 years. Well, that drought has officially come to an end with the 18-16 win, thanks to the efforts of Braylon Thomas uh, leading the way for Union on both sides of the ball. And uh, the Scotties, they had their hands full coming up, but Union um, has had its backs against the wall throughout the year. So nothing unfamiliar that Union has faced this season. Going to Class 2A, the outcomes that we kind of predicted Steel Valley and Beaver Falls with wins. Steel Valley with not so much of a blowout as we're accustomed to. 32-17 winners over Nishanik, a game that was fairly close. And we talk about Cruz Brookins all throughout the year being such a potent offensive threat, but really it was Donald Barksdale that stole the show. Second leading rusher from last week. Um, in at least on the semifinal side, Donald Barksdale ran for 187 as Steel Valley eventually wears down Nishanik and comes away with the win against the Lancers. On the other side, Beaver Falls runs away from Still Rocks 54 to 16, a turnover littered game from the Still Rocks offense. Uh, the defense couldn't really, I wouldn't necessarily say they couldn't keep up. Because they did the best they could. They just got worn down um, from Beaver Falls and Still Rocks. A plethora of miscues kind of piled up on one on top of the other. And Beaver Falls, well, you're going to take advantage of that if you're a team the caliber of Beaver Falls. You can't have many of those. And, well, they they did just that. And uh, Steel Valley and Beaver Falls will meet in the championship game on Friday. 
3A, there's not really much to talk about. There's a pair of shutout blowout wins. Bell Vernon shuts out Freeport 42-0 and Avonworth blanks Shady Side Academy 35-0. Bell Vernon led by Braden Lux. He threw for 135 on 10 of 15 passing. And Luke Hilliard paced the offense for Avonworth. He ran for 133 as the Lopes and the Leopards will meet in the championship game on Friday. Class 4A, firstly, Central Valley shuts out Thomas Jefferson 19 to nothing. Central Valley has been an offensive power this season, but the most underrated part about that Central Valley team has been the defense. The, they haven't allowed many first-string touchdowns outside of Aliquippa. I believe they've only allowed one or two first-string touchdowns outside of the Aliquippa game, and they hold a Thomas Jefferson team to under 150 yards for the game. And Brody Evans, who was one of the top passers in 4A, was only limited to 76 yards passing with a pick. Uh, Brett Fitzsimmons was the bell cow, 118 yards rushing on 32 carries. And Javen Thompson leads the receiving core, eight catches, 101 with a touchdown. And the other game, Aliquippa and McKeesport. Um... I think everyone was expecting a close one between these two teams. They were kind of neck and neck all year long as to see who was in the conversation for arguably the best in Class 4A alongside Central Valley. And McKeesport just looked like they didn't belong in the same conversation with Aliquippa as the Quips um, defensively forced a ton of turnovers, returned a couple of scores back, and props to the Aliquippa team. They, If they didn't have a statement win yet, this was it. Um, just demolishing a McKeesport team, scoring the first 42 points, and routing the Tigers in what was a highly anticipated rematch from last year's semifinals. Finally, we get to the championship games that took place on Saturday at Norwin High School. Firstly, in Class 5A, Pine Richland beats up on Upper St. Clair 34-3. Now, when you look at a 34-3 score, you would assume that the game was really lopsided, but not so much. Um, For anyone that was really paying attention, you know that Pine Richland didn't really... The game was never really in doubt, but they didn't really make things lopsided until the fourth quarter. Um, 21 points scored in the fourth quarter. It was 13-3 at half. Again, not really in doubt, but I wouldn't say it was a runaway either for Pine Richland. And we talked about you know the offense. Ryan Palmieri, um, he was the second leading rusher on that team. Ethan Pilar did a lot of the damage, 87 yards rushing. Palmieri had two touchdowns rushing and a, and a throwing touchdown. But the thing with Pine Richland that really carried the, the load for the Rams in the championship game on Saturday was the defense. Upper St. Clair was held to negative rushing yards for the day, and that includes a, a rushing attack led by Jamal Brown, who has had a top 10 season in rushing yards in Upper St. Clair history, and that's no small feat. And uh, it wasn't one of those things where Pine Richland also dominated the turnover margin. There was only one turnover from Upper St. Clair, at least from what I can see. Um, it was just purely, you know, the defense shut down Upper St. Clair. The Panthers couldn't do anything 
And that was a big difference in this one. Once Pine Richland, you could feel that once you once the Rams scored on that first um, those first couple of plays in the fourth quarter, the game was pretty much put to bed at that point. And uh, the Rams, congratulations to them on winning yet another WPIL championship. And their arch nemesis from down in Wexford also won the 6A championship. North Allegheny defeats Central Catholic 35-21. to First meeting between those two teams, a defensive slugfest, 7-3 back in the regular season. This one was the antithesis of that. 35-21 with both teams combining for almost 800 total yards of offense. But for North Allegheny, it was Logan Kushner the quarterback who really shined brightly in that game. He threw a couple of touchdowns and ran for almost 200 yards. And also credit to the North Allegheny defense in the second half. They shut out a pretty talented Central Catholic offense. Now, yeah, they still gave up their lumps. Peyton Wainer had 257 yards passing. But when you hold... All of those weapons that Central Catholic has scoreless in the second half, knowing how strongly Central Catholic has been playing ever since the Penn Hills game, that's pretty impressive, to say the least. And North Allegheny, for the first time in a decade, wins the WPIL championship. We're not doing players and teams of the week this week because, well, we're getting down to the championship game where... Uh, individual accolades don't really matter as much. And, of course, when you get the teams of the week, um, again, it doesn't really, um, at least in my opinion, affect as much. So before we get to the championship games, let's take a look at the state quarterfinal games that will happen in Class 5A and Class 6A. They both feature Pine Richland in 5A and North Allegheny in 6A. We go to Pine Richland's game first. The Rams host Cathedral Prep. That's Erie Cathedral Prep, who has been no stranger to the WPIAL uh, in the last 20 or so years. Um, these two teams actually met for a state championship back in 2020 in Pine Richland with that star-studded 2020 team just routed Erie Cathedral Prep 48-7. to This one, don't expect a route in this one. Um, between the two semifinal ga- or the two state quarterfinal games between Pine Richland and North Allegheny, I think Pine Richland has the tougher test. Um, now, Cathedral Prep, they are led defensively by Jiree Roberts. He's a UMass linebacking commit. And Cathedral Prep, they outside of a, um, a blowout loss to begin the season to Akron, Ohio power Archbishop Hoban, They've looked pretty darn good, and I think ever since they lost to St. Francis, New York, back in what would be week four of the uh, season, back on September 23rd, Erie Prep has been on a roll. They've only given up four touchdowns ever since um, that September 23rd game to St. Francis. Some of the scores, 41-0 to McDowell, 55-7 to Benedictine from Cleveland, 40-14 over Butler, which is, again, a team that we're not unfamiliar with. 44-0 over Erie. 40-6 over Canisius out of Buffalo. Between these two teams, though, um, I still have to stick with Pine Richland, but this is going to be a close one. Now, keep in mind, this is a home game for Pine Richland. 
So Cathedral Prep's going to have to drive almost two hours to get to Gibsonia to take on the Rams. Will that play a factor? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But again, it's when you're driving two hours to play a state playoff game against a pretty talented Pine Richland team that has played significantly better, much like Cathedral Prep has um, in the second half of the season. Well, it's it's going to be tough. And plus, one thing to note too, Erie Prep, at least I'm looking at Max Preps, and it says that Erie Prep hasn't played a game in almost a month. If that is true, that's another thing to keep in mind too. Pine Richland is playing week after week, just like all these other WPIL schools. Now, I'm no Erie football expert, but if you haven't played a game in almost a month, that's concerning, um, regardless of what the circumstances might be. You don't have that – you're going to have some rust going into the state playoffs if this is true. And um, I think Pine Richland, just in that regard, has the edge there. Now we go to the Class 6A semifinal. It's North Allegheny taking on State College, the Little Lions hosting a playoff game. At State College High School, or I should say Memorial Field at State College. Now, when you look at the State College team, there's a couple things that stick out to me. Um, This team can hurt you on the ground and through the air. They're averaging just about 240 yards a game on the ground and 161 through the air. They've had a couple of quarterbacks do some damage. The main one, the main starting quarterback, Finn Fermanick, uh, just under 1,500 yards passing and is completing 65% of his passes, 15 touchdowns, 4 picks. But the main thing that will jump out at you is the running back, Deontay Sheffy. Now, he's rushed for almost 1,600 yards. Pretty good. He's a freshman. And in 12 games, he's had 9 100-yard rushing games. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun here, but this is almost like, this reminds me a lot of DeAndre Swift from St. Joseph's Prep. Um, He had, his best game was a 207-yard performance, three touchdowns against Hollidaysburg, had a four-touchdown game against Central Dolphin East. And when you look at the highlights too, not only is Sheffy dangerous on the ground, but he's getting a lot of support on that offensive line. That offensive line is enormous. Um, so whenever you have holes that, that you or I can run through, then it's going to help. And Sheffy, just the fact that he's so talented as, as a 14 year old kid and is already, and is backed up by that talented offensive line. That's concerning. If you're North Allegheny now, State College defensively does have some weaknesses. Um, they're coming off of a triple overtime win over McDowell, 57-50. to It was an instant classic. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But even take out the triple overtime game. They've given up 20 or more points three times. 31 to Cumberland Valley in a 48-31 win. 20 points to Carlisle, a 49-20 win. And 31 points to Downingtown East, a 32-31 win, but that was in week two of the season. Um, so, and whenever I look at the stats, I wouldn't say that one aspect of the defense is worse than the other, but the one thing that I am noticing 
is whenever the passing game gets big, there's usually one receiver that has a ridiculous game. I saw I saw a stat line. Um, this kid had three catches for like 185 yards. Yeah, it was Carlisle and two touchdowns. So they're giving up stuff like that. Then the one person that I'm signaling out to be, you know, kind of a difference maker for North Allegheny is Kyron Boyd. He's NA's number one receiver, and he can make plays with a snap of the fingers. And they're gonna re- they're gonna have to rely on him to have a big game, but also whoever's gonna win the trenches. Um, if they find a way to get past that state college line, then NA's got a shot. Um, between these two teams, though, I think this one is very very close. But I'm still sticking with North Allegheny in a one-possession game. Give me the Tigers to win this one. All right, now it's time to get to the WPI-AL Championship games. We have four of them on tap on Friday from Class 1A to 4A. We start things off with the 11 o'clock game. Bishop Canavan, the number one seed and defending WPIL champions. They take on Union, the upstart out of Lawrence County, and uh, Bishop Canavan, like I said many times this season, has played, without a doubt, its best football all year long, and um, Bishop Canavan, they'd only solidified that. Yeah, you only you, you gave up a, three touchdowns to Southside, but whenever you jump up so big against a very good Southside team, that's an eye-opener. This Bishop Canavan team has a little bit of everything. They have a punishing defense that can break opposing offenses at will. Um, You have a dual quarterback system, Cole Olszewski, Jason Cross. They have given secondaries fits. Olszewski, almost 1,400 yards. Jason Cross, almost 1,300 yards. Not to mention, too, they have 1,000-yard receiver, Xavier Nelson, He's currently at just over 1,200 yards receiving on the season, and he's had a couple of 200-yard receiving performances on the season. Now, Union, when you look at them, um, the, the the number one player that sticks out to me, obviously, is Braylon Thomas. He's 19 yards away from rushing for 1,000 and passing for 1,000. He's got a, about 1,100 yards, just under 1,200 yards rushing, and he's at 981 passing. Thomas has been kind of the he's led this renaissance of sorts for Union. He's the main reason why the Scotties, you know, got past Laurel in the quarterfinals in which it was a 30-28 game and not a lot of people were giving Union a shot and I'm sure not a lot of people are giving Bishop Can- or Union a shot against Bishop Canavan on Friday. But Thomas has been a difference maker without a question. Um, without him, I don't think Union makes this run. Um, now, how do they do against Bishop Canavan on Friday? Well, uh, I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I like Bishop Canavan to win here, potentially by a mercy rule. And it's nothing against Union at all. I think they've had a tremendous season. But Bishop Canavan this year has been almost unstoppable against WPIL teams. And I expect that to continue on Friday. Class 2A championship game. We have Steel Valley taking on Beaver Falls. Two teams that were ranked at the number one spot throughout the season. You had a Steel Valley team that 
overtook Beaver Falls as the number one team after some impressive games this year. Chris Brookins, Greg Smith leading the way. Um, Beaver Falls, a team that a lot of people at the end of last year were expecting to get to the championship game after falling in the in the title game to Sarah Catholic, and they're right back in the championship this season. Um, it's I wouldn't say it was as convincing, but it was a sneaky Beaver Falls team, and about as sneaky as they can be. Now, the passing game isn't what it was last year. Jaron Brickner had a ridiculous season last year. He passed for almost 2,600 yards. This season, uh, a little less than half of that. He's thrown for almost 1,200 yards, but um, th- he's also gotten some help from Trey Singleton. He's a 1,000-yard receiver in his own right, 1,022 yards on the year. Um, offensively, of course, you're going to be looking at the passing game that Beaver Falls has, and Steel Valley will have to look at, you know, Cruz Brookins locking up those um, that, that option for Singleton. Um, shutting down that connection between those two is going to be critical for Steel Valley's success. Um, but Beaver Falls defensively has also been very, very strong. They're a very slept-on unit, unit, I should say. Held a pretty good Stow Rocks team to 16 points and kind of made Stow Rocks look like it wasn't in Beaver Falls' league, to be quite honest with you. And that's a Stow Rocks team that put up 82 points uh, earlier this season. So Beaver Falls can get the job done defensively. We know about Steel Valley and how impressive that they've looked, but um, here's the difference between these two, and this is going to go a long way in, in my prediction for this 2A game. Beaver Falls is playing its best football right now. I don't think Steel Valley is playing its best football, um, at least on the defensive side. You look at the regular season, and they've had four shutouts, and in every game except for one, that being the opener to Stowe Rocks, only gave up single-digit points. Gave up 13 to McGuffey, which, you know, whatever. And then 17 to Nishanik. Now, Nishanik's a really good team, but um, you would expect the way that Steel Valley has dominated the season um, that Steel Valley would take care of business kind of easier than what they did. And in comparison... Nishanik couldn't do anything against Beaver Falls. Um, only shut out of the season for Nishanik was at the hands of the Tigers. And uh, in this 2A game, uh, I am going with Beaver Falls to win this one. Again, this I think the, the level of competition and I th- that is stronger right now for Beaver Falls, and I think the Tigers are playing their best football right now in Steel Valley. They've had better football. Not saying that they're playing poorly, but I think Steel Valley has played better football throughout the season. Now going to Class 3A, it's Bell Vernon taking on Avonworth. And, uh, well, this one is between two Giants in Class 3A. Bell Vernon, we expected to be the number one team, and they have been throughout the season uh, for most of the year. Except for, at least in my rankings, there was a short period of time where Avonworth was the number one team in Class 3A. And um, I think that was mainly because Avonworth, to be quite honest with you, has played tougher competition. You look at the teams that Avonworth has played 
Um, the only loss was to Central Valley. They're in the WPIL Championship in 4A, and we all know how good Central Valley is. Um, the the conference, I think, collectively that Avonworth is in, the Western Hills, is stronger than the conference that Bell Vernon is in, that being the Interstate Conference. Um, when you look at when you look at the Interstate Conference as a whole, um, the other three teams that made the playoffs, that being Elizabeth Ford, Mount Pleasant, and Southmoreland, they were one and dunce. Southmoreland to another Western Hills team, that being West Mifflin. Uh, Mount Pleasant lost a heartbreaker to East Allegheny. EF was stunned by Shady Shot Academy in the quarterfinals. Of course, EF got the bye heading into um, the quarterfinal round. Now, Bell Vernon, in terms of when you look at the schedule, Bell Vernon's non-conference schedule is ridiculous. Laurel Highlands, McKeesport, Penn Trafford, Thomas Jefferson, all four of those teams would win 3A, or at least if they wouldn't win 3A, they'd be in the championship game, put it that way. Um, Avonworth, you, you, yeah, you played Central Valley, and um, the other non-conference opponents, Stowe Rocks, a good team in Class 2A semifinalist, and North Catholic at a Class 4A just barely missed the playoffs in Class 4A. I think Avonworth has played collectively stronger competition from top to bottom, even though Bell Vernon's non-conference schedule has been better. Um, offensively, you know, Avonwar is going to rely a lot on Luke Hilliard and Nate Harper. Harper has passed for about a 1,000 yards on the season, and he'll need every bit of it going up against a pretty talented Bell Vernon team, of course, led by Quentin Martin, um, five-star recruit, and one of the best the WPIL has ever seen. I don't think there's really any debate about that. He's rushed for 1,100 yards and has also the leading receiver on this Bell Vernon team. Passing-wise, Braden Locks, not too shabby as well, 900 yards passing for a Bell Vernon team that hasn't really had to get a lot of yards because, well, the defense does its job pretty darn well. Um, now, when you look at this game... I think this is Bell Vernon's toughest test since the TJ game. I'm going Bell Vernon to win, but it's not going to be easy. I'm going 30-19. to 19. Um, Bell Vernon wins this one. And then finally we get to the main event. It's Aliquippa taking on Central Valley. Um, and I'm going to use the same argument that I made for the 2A game. Aliquippa is by far playing its best football it kind of started back in the beginning of october look at these scores 54-3 over blackhawk 54-6 over newcastle 61-7 over chartiers valley 35-24 okay close game who was it against central valley who is that was the state's longest winning streak at the time get into the playoffs 41-7 over montour okay that's expected 42-7 42-7 over McKeesport. Whoa. <laughs> um, the Quips are looking like that juggernaut that we expected them to be at the beginning of the season. It took a little bit to get there. Had a couple of scares against Armstrong and West Allegheny. But Aliquippa is right back at the top of the mountain right now. And until seen otherwise, I don't see how anyone can beat them. Um, Central Valley right now. 
I think ever since the Aliquippa game, um, yeah, they've won by 29 over LH, 19 over TJ. I don't think it's quite the best football that Central Valley has played right now. Defensively, you can make an argument for that because LH, they still have Rodney Gallagher um, leading the way, and TJ, they still have a pretty good passing attack. Brody Evans, Sean Sullivan, that connection has been lethal this year. But Central Valley has had to wear teams down more than usual um, in order to pick up these wins. The Aliquippa game, not saying it exposed them, but there were certainly some cracks that were shown in the mighty exterior that Central Valley has. Now, don't get me wrong. Central Valley has some playmakers all over the field. You still have Brett Fitzsimmons, who is quietly one of the best running backs in the WPIL, if not the best. He's rushed for 1,700 yards, just over that. Third most in Central Valley history. Only two he trails, Jordan Whitehead from 2014, Landon Alexander from 2021. That's some pretty good company. Antoine Johnson, fourth most passing yards in CV history with just over 1,300 yards. And Javen Thompson, he's, it for my money, one of, if not the best receivers in Class 4A and, and potentially in all the WPIL. He has 37 catches for 683 yards. He's kind of Johnson's go-to guy. I think, though, if Central Valley were to win this game, I think Javen Thompson's going to have to be more active on the defensive side of the ball um, and just get him more involved in the in the game plan as a whole. If Thompson's involved, Central Valley's got a shot because um, I don't think that – I think no one receiving-wise is more physical than Javen Thompson has been. Aliquippa, though, has got some athletes out the wazoo. Um, it all starts with Tyke Hayes, that sophomore running back. He's already rushed for um, just under 1,700 yards, the ninth most in Aliquippa single-season history. Um, and he only needs less than 100 yards to surpass his freshman campaign, which won him the state player of the year. Quinton Good is quietly one of the best quarterbacks in the WPIAL. Um, he's passed for 1,655 yards, fourth most in Aliquippa history. Um, his 2021 campaign, second most in Quip's history. He had 1,927 yards. Donovan Walker is one of the best receiving threats, one of the best speed threats in, in the WPIAL. And not to mention, um, his defense has been pretty good. I'm sure you've seen that 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 clip uh, of him body slamming that McKeesport player so you know he's going to be around. You know that they're going to Aliquippa is going to try to get him involved defensively. Um, I've seen comparisons between him and Darrell Rebus, which are pretty lofty, but there's a reason those comparisons are there. It's because he's that good. The old adage goes that it's it's hard to beat a team twice in a season, especially um, in the high school ranks. Between these two teams. Um, I again, this is so tough that it's it's it, I don't know. The way Aliquippa's playing right now, I got to go with Aliquippa again. Um that win over McKeesport, I don't know how if Aliquippa plays like that against McKeesport, I don't know how anyone can stop them. I don't care what class we're talking. But Central Valley has had Aliquippa's number 
prior to this season. They won four straight against the Quips, and that was by no accident. If anyone can beat the Quips, it's Central Valley. They have the firepower to do it, and it's going to be a great game like the first game was. But Aliquippa right now is too strong. They're playing like a juggernaut that we were expecting them to be, um, to just kind of run through everybody. Not saying they're going to run through Central Valley, but I like the Quips' chances on Friday. But that'll do it for this edition of the Whip You Whip Around. Hope you're having a fantastic Thanksgiving with your friends and family. And hope to see you out at Akershire Stadium on Friday for the WPIL Championships. But until then, I'm Brandon Rossi. Follow me on Twitter at Ross2 underscores EYE. And follow Pittsburgh Sports Now on Twitter at PGH Sports Now. Once again, I'm Brandon Rossi, and I'll see you next time.